Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Comic Chronicle Podcast. I'm your guys' host, Dakota Morgan, coming to you from Phoenix, Arizona, where it's still hot as balls. And currently, with the recording of this intro and the episode you guys are about to listen to, my AC was out. Hopefully, if you're listening to this, when this comes out a couple weeks from now, it's fixed and I'm not dead. But also, I was working eight hours in the heat before I had this interview with our wonderful guest today, DJ Zukovic. And if it sounds like I'm a little bit weirder than my usual weird self, that is why. If I sound groggy and tired and whatnot, I was a baked potato. I really was. And it's... Uh, uh, but we still tried. We still had this conversation here. Because I wanted to bring you guys a DJ story. And so did Matthew, actually. Of being a storyboard artist. Yeah, we talk all about doing that. Working in animation in 2020 quarantine world. Also, taking the highs and the lows of being an artist kid growing up. And what's it like doing that with friends and family? And what is it like being an artist in today's world, especially with COVID going around? Spoiler alert, it sucks. It really does. But, and, you know, facing the positives and the lows of being an artist kid, like if you're listening to the show, as whether you're a writer, actor, director, animation artist, whatever you were growing up, you had lows, a lot of them. And we talk about that and how it built us to how we are today and facing that adversity and all that other sort of jazz in it that we do face and yet people deny it to this day. So whatever the fuck. And so we talk about all that jazz and more. So hopefully you guys are enjoying this episode and you get a lot from it. And because there's a lot of good motivational stuff here for you guys to all take a look at. And listen to, listen to, I should say. I am still immensely tired and the heat is getting to me, folks. So hopefully you guys enjoy this episode. Go make sure you follow DJ on the social media that we give at the end of the episode. A little plug there for you to listen to the whole thing. If you want to keep in touch with the Comic Chronicle podcast, you guys can on social media at, well, it's mine, at Dakota Morgan 3 on Twitter or at Dakota underscore Morgan 97 on Instagram. Or the best way to keep in touch is to, well, social media is a good way. But if you guys want to keep in touch even more, just subscribe to the show. You can follow us on uh, the Comic Chronicle podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or comicchronicle.podbean.com. So yeah, folks, there's so many ways to subscribe and stay tuned for more fun guests on the show. Maybe a couple of reviews down the line and whatnot, but there's so many good things. And follow me on social media to keep in touch with everything on social media as well. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into this episode. And it's almost a three-minute rambling, which is the longest intro I've ever done. And this is the longest episode I've done in a while. But there's so much little goodies for you guys. So without further ado, here is my little talk with DJ. We're recording, and as I have the same with every episode, man. DJ, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, man. Of course. And, you know... Mutual friend Matthew, I thank him. I'm really, I want to get it on record that I am saying thank you, Matthew, if he's maybe listening to this. I don't know. Who knows? But he could be. I mean, I don't know. But, you know. Well, I'm going to listen to his. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, that's become oh, a yeah. thing. That has become a thing on the show, on the uh, this show, and then also the Film World podcast. Is I bring on people, and they're like, wait, I know this person. And they've actually compared and being like, I wonder if they're going to tell the honest story or not. And that's mm-hmm. been a thing that's been going on with here, like, Oh, wait, that person, because I'm not going to name names, but I've had people, and this was, I think, a month or two ago, someone told me, that person told the absolute truth of the story, but they forgot to add this part of it where they fucked up on a scene. It's like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> I don't, no, 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 don't do, don't throw them underneath the bus. Like, wait, hold on here. <laughs> That's funny. I, uh, I listened to, uh, like, maybe half of the interview with Jeremy, who also mm. worked on Mortal Kombat. Yeah, that yeah. was interesting because uh, we don't have the most access to the writers on the shows that we work on. They mostly work, I think, off-site. So it was interesting uh, to hear some of his, you know, process and 
just like thinking. I'm just turning into the Mortal Kombat show. I've just realized. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I know this upcoming Monday, as of this recording, um, is a guy coming from DC, but which actually you guys have worked in DC too. Fuck. It's become like the Mortal Kombat because of Jeremy, Matthew, and then you. So it's already three people from Mortal Kombat. Next better be fuck motherfucking Ed Boone better be on this show. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, but you work in the story. You're a fellow storyboard artist, too, and whatnot. And, I mean, it kind of makes sense. So I want. it sounds like an asshole thing. But it does. I figured, though, how do I best say this? Is I'm not trying to seem like an asshole, but maybe it kind of makes sense that the writer's maybe maybe not with you guys as storyboard artist, or maybe would you prefer the writer be with you or or work alongside with you guys, or is it like, here's the script and then you go from there? What's interesting about the process that like you don't know until you get like in there is like by the time story guys come in, at least for the projects at Warner that uh, myself and Matthew have worked on the writing has already gone through like at least a few drafts. Oh. So it's like nearing, I guess what you could call like a final draft when we're jumping in. So I, I guess in that way we don't have contact with them, but uh, I don't know. Like in some ways I think uh, it'd be kind of cool to, have a little bit more of a free-for-all, but I don't know how that would work for the pipeline because maybe it's that way for a reason. It's true. I mean, I don't think you guys... Excuse me. I don't think anybody's getting in a studio anytime soon, right now at least. I mean, who knows? This comes out, like I think, in two weeks, this episode. So who the hell knows what's going to happen in two weeks? But as of the moment, I don't think anybody's going to be able to sit down in the studio and know. But, you know, I think maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe there's a reason for it. Maybe not. I... I'm one of those that I think maybe the writer should be because, you know, you guys are storyboard artists. You're probably going to have questions. You're going to have like, wait, what is this? Like, you're going to have to ask the writer all this stuff about it because it only makes sense, you know? Right. Like one thing that I, I guess I wish I would be there for just as a voice for like even just like a second. If I saw like a scene where it's like 15 characters fight or something, I'd be like... I, this is, let's cut that. This is animation. Can we make it let's 10? Remember. Yeah, like, it, I get that. that. That's It's like 15. Can you draw a crowd of 15 and then 100 in the back? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, maybe? <laughs> I don't think yeah. so. Hold on. Let's let's dial it back. Let's at least do seven. How about that? We'll start at seven. Yeah, yeah. That's the limit. Okay. Yeah, the <laughs> limit is seven. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, man. Because, like, it, it's just, I think a good rule of thumb that, we've we try to like keep in mind when we're like storyboarding is like animation follows us and if we don't like what we're drawing or it's like really hard they're probably not going to have a good time animating it because they're going to spend more time with it than we do because like we're hitting the broad strokes of it and then they're going to like spend like i don't know hours on like seconds animating it right so that's true yeah that's true i mean well I told Matthew this, and I've told every artist, including the one that is my partner on books for SGGS Comics, like Paul. I, I, I've told them all. You guys are the art. You guys are true magicians. I'll say it on every fucking podcast. I have an artist. You guys are magicians because there's no way in hell I could do it. There's, I look upon it like even you give me one character to draw, and I have a gun to my head. Boom, I'm done. It's over with. And they're like, draw Superman from this age. Cool. You might as well just shoot me now. <laughs> it's over. I can't do it. That's funny you say that because uh, I was just talking to my brother and uh, he uh, he does like 
software design, software engineering, and oh just god, like, I was just telling them how like it's it's interesting and odd, like this drawing thing. Um, you, I feel like you never have it really like a hundred percent figured out because there's like so many variables. Like there's so many mm. different ways a hand could be positioned, the angle, the the pose of the hand and stuff, and. And then he was like, uh, man, I can never do what you do, but imagine if we switch jobs. And I'm like, dude, I can't do what you do. I don't want to do what you do. Yeah. That's too hard. That sounds like an immense amount of stress. I get enough stress with deadlines and, and running the books and the marketing and also merchandise, but fuck that. I de- one, one, I'm with you 100%. You can tell I'm tired, yeah. but with you 100%, I just cannot. There's just no way in hell. I, then again, I've, I actually had that conversation with my dad, I think, the other day about it too because he is a mechanical engineer he's done he does stuff in security mechanics and he works a bunch of cars i know a fair share but he knows way so much more and his conversation like you know what would happen if we switch he's like oh i do this one could you do that i'm like no 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 no. and we talked about it like yeah if you switch you're fucked it's why like people in the arts look at the other jobs like oh we're screwed like i would not be able to do as much car stuff as he would and he's like how do you create worlds i'm like sit down sir let me let me do it. give me five, like 20 minutes and we'll talk about it and, like i still have no idea what you're talking about well fair enough and it's yeah, just yeah. it's that whole thing about it like once is well i say once you know it but it's with you always and you don't really know anything else but that could be true could not be true There's so many you could be a swiss army knife but i think it shows that you're in the right profession is when you look upon you're like i can't see myself doing that i think that means you're where you're supposed to be right yeah i i heard a, a really good uh way of like describing if you know you're doing the right thing uh there's this guy uh naval ravikant name sounds familiar he uh I think he's in like the Silicon Valley area or something like that. It's something to do with angel investing, but he's like a really bright guy. And uh, he said um, the way that you get successful at something is if you are relentlessly passionate about it, because if you do something that you're not interested in, doesn't matter how hard you work, those hours that you're putting in are work for you. Whereas someone who, looks at it differently can put in way more hours than you because he's not viewing it as work. Like it, it's always work, but the way you feel about the work is very different depending on where hmm. you sit. That I don't know if it's because I'm extremely exhausted because my AC's out and I'm barely on AC or, and I've been out in the sun, but I actually really like that. <laughs> but I, I like that kind of hits a little bit. It makes sense. It does yeah. because you know, if you enjoy what you do, you never work a day in your life. You know, that old classic saying. Right, yeah, I think that's like, like a very simplified way. Of, it is. That is the way it, simplified but, way. That's why that, right. the, the way you just told is way less bullshit. It's right. it's straight to the point, but it actually adds more context. So it's not just like, oh, well, ha, 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 ha. Like, no, wait, here's the realest look. At, I like that. Fuck, right. I'm going to have like, to put that out there. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Naval. <laughs> Naval? Huh. Uh, yeah, he's a he's a good one to listen to. I dig that. That's awesome. Well, I, I think it's because you know we both enjoy what we do. We both enjoy you enjoy doing artwork. I enjoy writing and working in film as as a writer and comics and shit acting and all the other stuff and podcasting. I enjoy doing that too. And let me tell you, now's the perfect time. But um, oh, yeah. 
Oh, God. It's been nuts with the quarantine and podcasting. I've probably, between you and Matthew, I think I've done in the past two weeks five or six podcast episodes. So wow. five or six interviews, I think. No, in the past week, it's been five or six people I've talked to between the film show and the show. Wow, man. That, that's a lot. Uh, I am hitting the wall. <laughs> to say the least here. <laughs> I am hitting the fucking wall. And I'm like, oh, no. But I'm I, I'm actually honored to have you on here. But no, I appreciate that. Man. Of course. And it's the truth. I'm not blowing you or anything like that. It's not the truth. I am honored because I'm honored to have anybody on the show that puts as much work in as you have done. Because being a storyboard artist, to me, as I said, it's magic. But you guys, as I told Matthew, you guys are extreme necessity for doing animation. And live action, too. In live action, it's a necessity. But animation, I think it's way more necessity. I may be wrong. I don't know. Wait, uh, you think it's more uh, necessary for animation? Or for being a storyboard action? artist, is it more necessary yeah. for animation? Because I think it is, but I could be fucking wrong. So there could be that, too. I could be extremely wrong. Am I? No, I think you're right. <laughs> okay, I was scared. I'm like, <gasps> like wait a minute. Hold on. I, I thought about that for a second. I'm like, all right, wait. You have the script. You can't just give that to the animators. You need, like, the building blocks, which I guess is what we do, like the the boards. Yeah. But, yeah, in film, I guess, I guess you can I, – I can't imagine doing it without storyboarding at least something. I just – you know, for blocking so that you know where the characters, the actors are standing. Yeah, I, it seems to be, I've not seen a lot of uh, live-action filmmakers, at least the ones I've been working with and whatnot, and other ones I've heard from down the pipelines, I won't mention names, and I've heard that it's still a thin around for storyboarding for live-action, but I don't know, It just, but it's not really used that, that much. i got to tread carefully here so I don't get anybody in trouble, but... um. Looking upon it as animation, it just seems like you get that storyboard. That is so key for animators, maybe more than live action. Because live action is like you kind of get an idea. You can make script notes and shit like that too. But when it comes to animation, like your guys' job is a big-ass building block with it. True, and especially because for a lot of animation, you're dealing with the pipeline of like sending stuff overseas or oh, to yeah. Canada, wherever. And uh, yeah, without it, Things get a lot harder, I guess. It's true. It's true. Well, how the hell did you become a storyboard artist, man? If you don't mind me asking, like, how did you want to be one when you were younger? And you're like, yeah, because I don't even think you're that old. You're probably, from the from the sound of your voice through Skype, I'm taking a wild guess here. You're in your late 20s, early 30s. You nailed it. Yeah, I'm 32. Woo! Yeah, Finally, um, I guess good. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know storyboarding was a thing. Uh, really? Uh, when I was younger, like no, I. Yeah, it, it's it's a long story, but I guess the like temples of it are. I got into I guess the creative field originally because of video games. Um, go on, I, as a big video game I, lover, go on. <laughs> <laughs> I like I always loved animation like uh as a kid but i i guess i never it never clicked for me that uh, i've heard a, a lot of other people say it too it's like i didn't know that that was a job you know um but mm. then video games for some reason it might have been there was a show back in the day i don't know if it's still on anywhere but uh it was called the electric playground yes i think it was nickelodeon i really? think Maybe I'm wrong, but it might not have been Nickelodeon, but it sounds familiar. 
Well, it was these two guys. Um, I forget their names now, but they it was just a show about video games. And I remember in that show, they showed some behind the scenes, like making of. And I remember it was like uh, one of the Final Fantasies. Oh. And uh, I think that's, you know, where it got demystified for me. But there's like a few PlayStation 1 games that just like blew my mind and I wanted to make something. Uh, as a result of that and then comics sort of happened at the same time too I think uh, just growing up in the 90s with like that boom and uh, Wizard Magazine was a big thing the X-Men movie coming out um, so like those were two kind of things that had my interest in like I wanted to make but then you know when push comes to shove and you have to like pick which way you're going to go in like uh, post-secondary education uh, there was a program for animation where I lived and uh, video gaming one seemed to be like math focused or something and I was like whoa whoa hmm. uh, I, I don't want to do that I don't want to do like <laughs> math well fuck that I'm done I'm out now you lost me on math <laughs> no, that, that's not my strength here okay? yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah fair fair and so uh yeah, I just went into animation, and um, and then I sort of, like, saw animation with, like, a new eye, because, like, I had enjoyed it, but I never considered making it, and then I learned about, like, the different positions, like, um, like the animation, and there's, like, layout and backgrounds and characters and storyboarding, and then there's, like, you know, obviously voice acting, the writing, mm-hmm. and... Uh, what was interesting is like again I I didn't go immediately towards storyboarding I I guess as I was discovering the pieces of animation I originally fell in love with background design and just like backgrounds and uh, I guess because it was like something new that I didn't think was a job and then Mm. when I learned about perspective and it was just like a whole new look at the world you're just like looking at everything around you and you're like oh wow I can draw this now and everything around me is like reference and you're thinking about architecture and stuff and so that was really cool and so I started doing that at first when I got into animation and then (laughs) I as I was working as a layout artist doing uh, layouts, I thought, because I was interacting with storyboards a lot, and I saw like these unfinished drawings, I foolishly thought to myself, that looks like it's easier than what I'm doing. <laughs> oh, oh that's, that's always the famous last words right there. Is, oh, that looks easier. No. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. And to be fair, I started out doing kids' shows at first, and uh, so the staging and the storyboarding is maybe more deceptive because the staging is not as complicated, um, but it's heavier on like the way the characters act. And uh, I didn't pick up on that back in the day. And uh, and so I thought, hey, you know what? I should do this because <laughs> it's easier. And uh, it's not. It's definitely no. not. Uh, 
that was a crazy thought because uh, storyboarding is a lot of work. And yeah, that seems a lot more than doing background. It's because it, now you're doing the characters. Now you're doing everything. DJ, yeah, what like, the hell were you thinking? You're like, oh, this looks easier. Was it because there was less lines added to it or something? I, I, what, what, what made you think that was incredibly easier? I think it was because they were unfinished drawings. And uh, I was doing all finished drawings, and uh, there was a lot of line mileage. And I thought, um, I thought for some reason that it would be easier, and I, I guess I didn't understand well i obviously didn't understand the process like i remember uh looking up storyboarding and mm. trying to like understand it while i was a layout artist mm. and a lot of the information that i found online initially was sort of not very clear at the time like we're talking 2012 2011 so it's like a little while ago and there haven't there weren't as many courses online and YouTube videos explaining it um, so uh, people would just say yeah I study movies and stuff and I'd pop on a movie and I would like recreate a panel or whatever and I wouldn't know what I was looking for and just not understanding the building block of storyboarding you don't have I think a real representation of what the job is and let me tell you, the job, the line mileage, I think, it definitely exceeds what I did before. Mm. It's just the drawings aren't as pristine. Yeah, I, you know what, I'm thinking about it now. I've heard down from a friend of mine who does concept art and said, they were like, hey, we are, you know, like, oh, I was I went on the concept art thinking it was an easy profession. Now I'm sitting here actually thinking about it. I actually heard this. And they learn the hard way. Oh, it is not. It is a you are a fool. The thing concept art is way easier too. Like it's yeah. it's nuts to me. It's absolutely nuts, and it's true. Storyboarding itself is such an art form that takes a while to learn. It takes so much to do because you have to do it right. Because you have what? How many departments counting on that job that you're doing in that one panel there? Yeah, it's uh, like it definitely helps that I did layout before because mm. I understand. I understood some things about storyboarding, like screen direction and just like some of the building blocks that would later help me in storyboarding. But yeah, it's all like a pipeline. It's all connected. And um, as a storyboard artist, like that precedes everybody, sort of uh, the writers precede us. So mm-hmm. their work is, I would, I would argue that the writer has the most weight on their shoulders because we're kind of going off of that or we're almost entirely going off of that. Sure. We can make some changes, but for the most part, what's there is what we make. And if there are poor choices there or there are problems there, then, you know, everyone's going to get caught in it. So I guess the closer that you get to the inception of the project, the more weight there is on you. (laughs) Hey folks, Dakota here with a little bit of an ad break, but this is one you definitely want to listen to if you guys are a comic fan, which you are if you're listening to the show. You guys like comics and you like reading them in person. Let me tell you, go to Drawn the Comics in Glendale, Arizona. This is not just a hype thing for this ad, let me tell you. I've been going there for years. I've had Cam Brown on the show all the time. Such a good guy. It's such a good community. Everyone who works there, they know you. You get your box number. You get your thing. You get all you need to do there. You get your collectible toys, car, whatever it may be, comics, 
It's all there for you guys. That's Drawn the Comics in Glendale, Arizona. Here's the address, 5801 West Glendale Avenue, Glendale, Arizona, in downtown Glendale. And if you guys want to visit them, you can visit them, drawntocomics.com, or find them on social media and the number 623-847-9090. You give them a call. Definitely, guys, I love going to the store. And this is not a fucking lie. I love going. It's so amazing. Thanks, everyone. And hopefully, you guys check them out if you're in Arizona or maybe passing through. Remember, guys, draw on the comics. Go check it out for your books. Reading books in person is so much better than digital. But I love digital, too, so it's a little bit of a toss-up. Support brick-and-mortar companies. We definitely need you to. Thanks, everyone. And now, without further ado, I'm going to take it back to future me. As a writer, thank you so much for acknowledging us. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, that's. It makes sense. It is true. It's overall, it is stressful, and I think we could just say it as people think, "Oh, animation's easy." Oh, and because I've met those people, I really have, and they're like, "Oh, film's easy. Oh, comics are easy," and you just want to smack them because you're like, are you, "Are you sure about that? Really?" and I still meet people like that to this day when I tell people what I do, and I'm like, oh, that's easy work. Like, are you sure? Are you high, sir, or madam? Like, what have you been taking? Is quarantine got to you? It's okay if it has. <laughs> Don't worry. We all go a little loopy. But I, I think it all comes from, like, just not knowing, not understanding. Like, uh, that's true. Like, they just see the product, and the product, if it's done well, should be entertaining. And yeah then it's just like, oh, they are they must be entertained all the time while they're working. And oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. Not um, stressing at all when you're typing a script up and like, oh, God, is this going to be good? Oh, God, can they make the toys that they want to make from this? Oh, God, um, 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 like that, all that stuff right there. And it's like, uh, okay, a producer's going to be happy. Uh, can we do this? Can we turn this into an animation thing? It's true. I mean, you just, you, there's so much to it. And you're right. It's not really knowing but if you know, then you know those people who are like, oh, I watched a couple behind-the-scenes videos, and they're like, we kind of have an understanding. Or it's like, I've actually seen you work eight hours behind a desk and, and kind of cried. It's like, yeah, that's so normal. <laughs> yeah, it's it's dangerous when something is, like, over-glamorized and yeah. gives, like, the wrong idea. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. It's, I mean, it's the beauty of working in the arts, so we always get that shit no matter what, I think. It's, yeah, it's I tough. It's not like a, it's not an air quote real job. Yeah, yeah, that's another smack those fucking people upside the head. Uh, and you're getting into my real feelings right now because I'm sunbaked at the moment. I'm like a baked potatoes when we're recording this. So you're getting my real reactions. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Uh, well, I think I got mostly real on the show. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, I meant to ask you too earlier, but how have you been holding up in quarantine at the moment? Like, if you, Matthew said he was working, but have you been working at all in this? Cause, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, all of us. Uh, been we've shifted to work from home and uh so like it's sort of like a it's a big blessing to be part of this industry now like it's a moment to like reflect and just be like i can continue doing my job and i can continue making a living yeah whereas some people are not as fortunate to do that so like on the one hand i you see these things online where people are getting bored and stuff and they're just like i don't know what to do and i'm like if I was given that time, <laughs> I think I know exactly what I would do. Your eyes twitching as you're looking at the monitor. <laughs> yeah. It's like my, my life for good and for bad, you know, it's like it doesn't change very much. Like, yes, it's less, it's more isolated, you know, because yeah. like you're not in a studio or whatever. You're, I mean, everyone's more isolated right now. No one's <laughs> it's true. Moving, moving around is freely, but 
yeah, you know, we're still chipping away, still hitting our deadlines. Yeah. I actually worked a little bit today. Uh, time has, uh, or the Monday to Friday schedule has sort of completely, like, disintegrated. And <laughs> It's true, yeah. You, like, we do it whenever you want, and you're like, as long as you get it done before the deadline, choose your, choose yeah. your hours. Yeah, it's sort of like, like I've been trying, uh, when I was talking to my director the past week, I... I made like a successful week where I worked Monday to Friday and I actually took the weekend off. No shit. But then just after I told him that this week I got to Friday and then I got like, I guess I was just like, ah, I'll finish this tomorrow. And then here I am and I finished the work today. So that's out the window. (laughs) (laughs) Although it's kind of nice to have your own schedule with it in a sense. And it's kind of relaxing, but it it can be deceiving it, it, or not deceiving. It can be a real pain in the neck because you're like, Oh yeah. Are you like that? I'll just get it done tomorrow. And, but it's like, yeah. it, but if you weren't at home working on it, you're like, Oh, I got to get this done today. It's right, like for yourself. Yeah. So you're a writer and I'm assuming, correct me if I'm wrong, but like you do, you're doing your own independent stuff. And when you're doing uh, your own work, that's on your clock. And so you're the one that's setting the hours or not setting the hours. Yeah, it's been that. It's been that. Um, and uh, people I've been working for, they're like, we don't have a deadline for at least a month or two. And I'm like cracking my fingers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, all right. This is how we do it. Because <laughs> just sitting there. But I think procrastination is our number one enemy right now. It seriously is. And so many people are. But I, I wanted to ask that question. I've been asking that question for people coming on the show because I've realized – and I've talked to friends of mine, too, who are not working because not able to work from home. Like, they're still in film and comics, but not able to work at the moment. Um, and I, I asked them, and the ones who can work from home, I asked those ones, are you working or no? And they're like, well, I don't really have deadlines or anything like that. And so, no. Like, this is people just really not doing anything. Like, ah, I'm good. I had David Harewood on the show a little bit ago, and I mentioned it almost every so now. But, you know, he's, he's staying at home and enjoying time with family. And I had other people on who are like, I'm working every day. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. it's a thing where it's a 50-50 shot that we're either working or we're not. And if we're working, we right. are all procrastinating, though. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, maybe yeah. not procrastinating, but like I think the way I, I think uh, I would look at it is when you have whatever amount of time that you have available to you, like the task that you're given will expand to fit the available time. Yeah. And like when you have no boundary, like right now, like you can't like, especially like for where you are and it's like brutal to go outside and you can't go to work. You can't go to all these like public areas. The thing that you have that is the most productive is if you can work from home, it becomes that. And then it just becomes easy to be like, working every day or like you do like maybe seven hours one day and like I feel tapped out I can work tomorrow and then Mm. like maybe that one hour turns into three and then all of a sudden you're doing more hours which is what I'm finding I'm doing more hours than I would have done if I had the structure the mentality of everybody once we're done with this whole madness is going to be insane to watch and feel 
oh, it's going back to work, going to the studios, going to do all that sort of stuff. Like it's it's gonna be so weird. I know I'm gonna be in the weird factor of like, how do I handle this? What are we gonna do here? Yeah, it's gonna be really interesting to see the shift. I yeah. think there might be some interesting things that we can extrapolate from this. Like, I think in a way this is proving for at least our industry that you can still complete projects without being on site. And I think mm. if if people are if they can learn from this, like it could improve like conditions for say moms, like when they have to go on maternity leave or something like that. Mm. They can continue working from home. Like this proves that they can do it and so maybe they can continue earning some money while they are raising their kid or, you know, giving birth. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens for sure. Well, I'll tell you, I will bet money right now, DJ, and you can pay me whenever you like, or I think, I think you, yeah, yeah, is, um, we are going to see a huge spike in divorces and babies this fall coming soon near you. The sign of love and the sign of D love. Yeah, or unloved, I, uh, I guess. I don't know what you'd say. Everyone who's getting divorced is listening to this right now is like, fuck you. Fair enough. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, this is, yeah for sure. I, I could definitely see that. Like, I, I was definitely thinking about that and how, like, some people, like, have made, like, comments, like, or, you know, crazy conspiracy theories that, like, this is, like, you know, the planet trying to curb the population and stuff. Oh, and yeah. Like, uh,. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, and I don't think that's true. Like, I think like what you're saying, there's going to be like an explosion in, <laughs> in the population after this. Like it's, uh, yeah, yeah, that'll be, uh, I think you're right with your prediction. Yeah. I'm hoping, well, I'm not really hoping because that means hoping. that's, that, no, I'm not hoping correction. I am not hoping for that because it's going to make things so much worse in the world. It is not going to work out in our favor. I am sorry world and people having kids now not working out <laughs> yeah oh man yeah i'm with you on that though that people can it, it proves what you can do at home as a writer i'm doing a lot of that there but when i have to go build a set i have to go do that you know i can't stay at home and work or when i'm working on comics and doing meetings and shit, i can stay home a little bit whenever if i want to but the beauty of freelancing i suppose but cool. what uh if you don't mind my asking yeah, um you said building sets uh yeah. so you I, I i checked out your page and um, so you guys, you work with, uh, making like live action stuff and like, well, what is, uh, your part in that aside from writing, like you build sets? That sounds crazy. Yeah. Oh, it's, it, it's so much fun though. It, it is, it's nuts. But yeah, um, what I do is I do SFX. So like I'll do makeup effects if need be prosthetics. Um, I'll do building sets of the design and end building. Sets if people need me, like I've done World War One, done Western, done all this stuff, and costuming as well. But yeah, I don't do it that much here in the Valley. I get a bunch. I do a bunch of jobs, including writing, and I do acting and voice acting too. And shit, I just did an audition the other day actually, and which was weird. But it's so many jobs. But even in the Valley, it's just tough to get them. It still is. What's it like uh, there in Arizona? I don't know whereabouts you are, but like what. Uh... What's the entertainment and like, is there like an animation scene there? There is people wanting to do animation. Uh, <laughs> to say the least. 
there's a lot of it. There's not. There's no animation scene here. Uh, there's people who do work in it. Like there is a. What? There's actually three or four. I can three or four folks I know in comics that work out here. And but they do it. But they'd work out here and just send everything all around. So like they just send it in emails and shit. But other than that, I mean, in film, film is weird. Because it comes in waves. Like, I worked at Greg Rumberg on a set. And I actually had him as a guest. He's a buddy of mine on uh, the film podcast, Film World. And worked with him on a film. And it just, it's, it's it's there. It's trying to be. We work hard. And, you know, there's one or two mini production companies here. There's a big feature film coming out, hopefully, this year. I don't know when. Uh, it got delayed because of this. Oh, oh, Corona. But the entertainment is kind of just, it's weird. It's weird in this there but not there yeah a lot of people who if they stay here the full time it's really difficult it's really really difficult most of the time you have to move from Arizona though mm. yeah and it's a lot I of people trying easier, I guess it's easier for comic artists or perhaps like a writer as well because you don't need a whole lot of physical uh, elements to like complete your job like for you it's just you and like a keyboard or yeah. a comic artist is just like maybe a Cintiq, a computer, and boom, you're done. Oh, yeah. Well, you, just need, you just need the internet. Yeah, that's it. The beauty of the 21st century is if it was the 1990s, I'd be host. I would be so host because I'd have to mail that shit in. Or the early 2000s. Yeah, you're right. It's like, but without that internet, you're screwed because <laughs> you yeah. have to, you just, it wouldn't work. But yeah, it's true. SGGS Comics that I work for, uh, um, indie company right now, rising up in the ranks, you know, mm-hmm. we, they're, well, I would say we, but they're located in New Jersey, the headquarters is. Okay. And I've never even seen my boss. <laughs> like, I've never met my boss before. I've only yeah. talked on the phone and everything, did Skype calls a couple times and whatnot, and that's it. Like, it is that beauty that, uh, so I'm kind of used to this, so quarantine affected a little bit of it. It affected yeah. sanity a lot more. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I have seven dogs and, like, five people in the house, and so I'm just in my home studio working. <laughs> like, oh, wow. God. That's a lot of dogs. It's, oh, we got a brown lab. We got one. I mean, a couple of them are on the way out. That sounds horrible. But they're <laughs> but they're not. They're really old. Like, they're 17. You know? Yeah. Wow, 17. Yeah. She girl. One That's is. Intense, man. She's, she's still going, man. And we, we got three levels. We got a basement sort of thing. Sort of basement. There's a little bit below ground level. And we got an upstairs. I'm not saying where this house is in Arizona because I know you fans and you all assholes sometimes. I love you all, but some of you guys are really weird. Um, it's it's so true, DJ. You have no idea. <laughs> it, it gets it gets it gets nuts. But yeah, like it. Yeah, make we make it work. We make it work. And they're all in good condition. That's good. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, man. Arizona is just weird when it comes to entertainment. It's just it's nuts. I say it's there, and then I get in trouble because it's not there. But there, it's really trying. I'll just give. It, I'll leave it as that from now on. It's really trying to be something. It's interesting when you think about it. Like, it could be like it's a, the entertainment hub being in L.A. It doesn't have to be like it just is because I guess it has been. But I feel like you could do it almost anywhere. You could, and I'm going to tell you what the key is here that Arizona does not have. What? And this is the only politics I'm ever going to get on the show. I swear, people, because I'm not a political guy. I really am not. Uh, well, today, these days, you have to be. But 
uh, I, it's the government. Your state has to want to be a fan of the arts. Like, Cali is a fan of the arts. Between San Diego, San Fran, and L.A., they're a fan of the arts, and they support it. Arizona does not. Arizona does not give the funding for anything. They raise taxes on the film three by like three times uh, a year or two ago, which everybody, all like HBO and Warner Brothers, like went packing, so that they left. I, it's it's so yeah, it's so yeah. That comes down to the to the laws and stuff. Like, yep. Huh. Yeah, because think about uh, it. Are you gonna go to work in a place where they don't charge you as much, or you're gonna go to a place where they charge you up the ass in taxes? To make yeah, your yeah. thing, where you're going to pay more in taxes than you are, in your, than you're going to get in your future, you know. Yeah, that's a shame. Like th- that whole side of things, where it boils down to the dollars. Like how it's interesting, like seeing like with some productions where how much of stuff goes overseas, or yeah. like how many jobs are gone. Like like animation, like animation, animation, like the animators. Like how much of that is like not done here? Like I, I know like there's like a handful of studios, right? Like like Disney, I think they they do their own animation. Makes sense. I I think uh, ILM has their studio out there too. I remember right in like San Diego. Right, right. That that's like yeah, that's a very unique animal, and uh, and I think who else does animation here? Maybe LucasArts. Uh, well, that's kind of ILM. Yeah, yeah, those guys. I think. Uh, that's up in, that's, I want to say Northern California somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think San Diego, if I remember correctly. Uh, San Diego, south of us. Oh, okay, uh, yeah, so it would be San Francisco. I think, I think somewhere, like, it, it's not near San Francisco. Like, I, I've heard, like, stories of people that have worked there. And, oh. Like, you, you live, you kind of, like, live there while you work Wait, there, like, what? <laughs> well, like, Hold on, step back, DJ, step back here. You live there? Well, the Skywalker Ranch, like, I I think they have, like, accommodations for people if they want to stay there, but you don't have to. Like, you can live... Uh, Who says no to like, that? Sorry? Who would say no to living on the Skywalker Ranch? What fools! <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe, uh... Someone with a family? <laughs> <laughs> okay, you make a very logical point, DJ. Then again, I mean, maybe that's why I'm a single guy right now, because they're like, hun, I'm going to live on the Skywalker Ranch. You leave me with a kid? You're damn right. <laughs> I'm so sorry. But uh, those guys do their own animation. Disney does. And I think I think Pitmouse, another company here, I think they might do their own animation in-house, maybe for some stuff. But mm. other than that, everything's, like, shipped out to, like, either Korea. Like, our yeah. like, Mortal Kombat was animated in Korea. Oh. That's a um, lot. A lot of it is in Korea. There's a yeah. so many in Korea. South Korea. We should make it clear. South Korea. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those guys are crushing it, man. Like mm-hmm. they're really talented over there. Uh, and um, it's looking upon it now. Like shit. My uh, Paul, shout out to him again. Uh, for, that I work with, my partner in crime on the books. He mm-hmm. for SGGS. You know, he lives in the Philippines. And, oh wow. Okay. And, cool. and, yeah, and I, I've talked to people recently coming up here, Kyle, who's working at DC on a book. South Africa, you know, I talk to people in Spain that are working for DC and Marvel and, you know, like Spain, Britain, all over the globe, Argentina, France. That's amazing. Yeah, and those are just the comic artists. Like, I couldn't even imagine if you counted animation in that. It's a, it's a global thing. Yeah, that's really cool. But what I, I guess, 
I think I lost the train of thought. Like what I was saying was I kind of wish that most of those jobs, like there's a benefit because it gives opportunities to other people in other yeah. places when it gets farmed out. But at the same time, like there's, then there's like less here, you know? And it's true. I, I feel like it'd be kind of interesting if we animated stuff and like did handled more of it. And it was less about the dollars than it was. But uh, it makes no, it, yeah. it works out for someone like yeah for, for the for those folks like in Africa and the Philippines. It absolutely. does, it does, it really does. But I'm kind of with you on that. Which we, it it's kind of funny to me. Is now that I'm really thinking about it. Now you mention it. Is like how many animation schools are there? Because I can at least think of four. And then they're like, well, all the jobs are going overseas. Like, wait, what? What did I just spend all this money in school for? Whoa, hold on here. Right, that's an interesting thing when, like, you're going through, like, I don't know what it's like right now, but, like, when I went to school, you learn, and I think it's good to learn how to animate, just to understand that part of the process. You almost have to. Yeah, but then, but if you think that that's what it is that you're going to do when you leave school, like, I, I think that might be a little misleading. I think the... There are definitely spots where you can do that job, but yeah. I think it's not as abundant as maybe you might think. Yeah, and you really have to create your own, like your resume has to be stuff you've created and you take the time to do it, so you're spending at least a few months doing stuff like that. There's people I, I'm friends with that have done VFX work on big movies like Hellboy <laughs> and shit, and they, like, they made so much stuff, like, what is it? The girl recently who got an animation and she's like, I think she's working at HBO or something now. Was did you ever see on? Uh, you, it was YouTube. It was Hell of a Boss, and then it was um, the one. Oh God! It was the one hotel. It was like the like a play on demons and stuff like that in Hell, and it was uh, there was a whole, yeah. Oh, I'm drawing a blank. And one the first the second one that she came out was Hell of a Boss, and then the um. It's a hotel, and she's Satan's daughter. But it's like this really cute animation version of it. It's really, it's really, really good. And cool. yeah, it's like she made a resume and stuff like that. So it's the tough part is you have to make something and then put it out there and promote it, and then hopefully it does good. And if it doesn't, then you better really be applying at those places. It's just yeah. so, it's so weird. It's kind of rough. It is rough, but it's rough. I think no matter what you do in the creative arts, it's gonna be rough. Yeah, there is a definite grind component to it where you you have to produce. Yep. Yeah. But it weeds out the people who don't want to do it. They're like, I'm going to do it. And then, you know, if you're working about a year later and you're still going and doing a grind, then you're meant to be doing it. And if you're doing a week later, uh, a year later and you're, oh, I'm done with it. I can't do it anymore. Maybe you're not meant to do it. For sure, for sure. Yeah, like <laughs> a lot of things can be fun and easy for, like, a short amount of time. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Once you get into it and you're deeper into it, then you see if it's really, <laughs> if you're cut out for it. I did that with voice acting. Cameron Bowen, who did the voice of Robin, Tim Drake Robin in Young Justice, I had him on the show, and he got me to do voice acting. I'm like, I really want to do it. I've always wanted to do it. I still do auditions when they're around anymore. And I've done a couple things with radio and whatnot, and I'm looking at it. Like, yeah, let's do it. And I went to school for it. And man, I got my ass handed to me so hard. <laughs> it made me question. 
like my first couple months. I was like, oh my God. And when your teacher's one of the Velmas, that is one of the few people who played Velma for a couple years in Scooby Doo, you, you, the mantle's already high. You're like, wait, you did what? I had no, like, you're like, oh, my teacher, you know, she's in the home studio. And then Marla's like, yeah, where's Velma for a couple years? <gasps> oh, no. <laughs> like, how do you, do you, te- oh. What were, what were some of the the hurdles or the challenges that you encountered where you were like, oh man, this is a lot harder than I thought? Tone of voice. It was the tone of voice and then being able to, um, how, how best to explain this, is when you're doing uh, voice acting, what you need to do is you need to like, so A, we'll do uh, A. Like you, you stay a little bit on a syllable of a word a little bit longer in the beginning or the end of the word so people get the clarification. And you don't, and then until you hear that, you're like, wait, what? And then if you go back after hearing that, and she played a couple examples from us for from video games and cartoons of that, that maybe like they're saying now, and the N is a little bit more, there's a lot more of the N there. And as a, I have a Midwestern accent because of 16 years, almost 20 years in the Midwest in Illinois. I, I had a Midwestern accent and getting rid of that because when I'm working on with the voice and whatnot, every now and then it comes out. And then when I'm doing a role, trying to stop that down and making sure it doesn't come out. Oh, yeah, like I would say, like I would read a line, I'd re- read a word and it said soda and I'd be in the middle of a recording and I would say pop. And I'm like, oh, damn it. <laughs> oh, no, this is crap. Or it's a habit, you know? Like That was some of the hurdles in there and it really made me like... I question, as everyone does if I, after a while, you question, like, am I actually good at this? And then I kept doing it for a while, and I did it for a year, and you know, we, I, at least year total, and we just kept, I kept doing it, kept doing it, kept doing it, and yeah, that was, it was so many hurdles like that, and being able to do a commercial voice, because I hate doing commercials. It's like, and if you go now, it's nine ninety nine per $2 deal, or whatever the hell. That was a, that was a hurdle for me. Like, it's weird. I can't do that. I can give you a character, but I can't do a commercial like that. I can't do like a Lowell's commercial. This <laughs> is weird. Yeah, I could that's never. That's such an interesting discipline, like the manipulation of the voice, like you, like erasing an accent or adding an accent. Yes. It's it's kind of incredible. Yeah, see, like the beard metamorphosis, you know, got in, you got to be different as well. You see here the J, that to be new, that wine as well as. And you see that I say verla dot with it in French, but we oui, we oui. like something like that. Like I like it's yeah, just, yeah. huh? <laughs> Did you catch any of that? Uh, I did not understand any of that. <laughs> That's what I thought. I was like, I'm thinking about it now through Skype. It's gotta sound like crap. That was another language. <laughs> I, it was a little bit of French accent. You see here, it's a it's it's a little bit of stereotype mixed with a little bit of fastness. And you get to go, it's a, like, it's some, it's really weird. It's really weird. But then again, Irish was a little bit easier for me. Irish or Scottish was because I watched so much Game of Thrones. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, how would you get so good at a Scottish accent? I didn't see a lot. I watched lots of Game of Thrones. And she's like, oh, God, it's kind of bad, but it's kind of good at the same time. <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah, man. The arts, man. It's a hell of a place to be right now. Oh, yeah, man. No, it's, uh a good place to be right now i think uh true. especially during this time it's true i asked matthew this and i tend to ask this of people who are in interesting predicaments and interesting jobs on the show but so don't get mad i will say i asked matthew this but i'm curious on your end too were you ever a comics fan or what did you oh, get it yeah oh yeah absolutely oh really still oh, in. Still you... in. 
Still am. Still am? Uh, oh, fuck yeah. You currently reading? Well, as much as you uh, can in this pandemic, but. Uh, currently, currently not reading. I, it's like one of those things, like, on my to-do list, like, you have, like, your main thing that you need to get done in the day, and then, like, there's, like, the list of things, right, that, like, follow yeah. in terms of priority, and, like, I just haven't plugged it in yet, but, uh, the last stuff that I read, um, I read a Hellboy short, you're um, after my heart, DJ. Oh, my God. I've had a hundred and something episodes and no one's ever mentioned reading Hellboy. And I'm always the only one to mention reading Hellboy because it's so good. That's ridiculous. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it is. Yeah. Um, I read a Hellboy short and I read uh, The Last Man, uh, the French comic. Oh, I have actually heard of that. Yeah, I've heard good things. I just read the first volume. Just uh, likewise, I I heard really good things, and uh, artistically it looked really cool. So I wanted to check it out. Um, so those are the two most contemporary things that I've read. I've read. I think last year I've read uh, what was it? A Batman one. That's I think a... it was was it White Knight? No. Yeah, White Knight was one last year, I believe. It was last year or the year before. Well, I mean, it came up. It could have come out, uh, excuse me, the year before, but it White Knight was one. Yeah, it was like Joker goes good for a little bit. Oh, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gordon Murphy. Oh, um, so good. So good. Yeah, that one was really interesting. It had me at the premise where it just like took it in another direction. I kind of liked that. I you know that. they are continuing that right now, right? That's right. They are. Like, I... I didn't finish that series. I got maybe like two or three, two or three volumes in or issues in. Wait, for the uh, continuation or for the 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 original? The original, the original. DJ. I'll finish it. It's on the to do list. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I sound so mad and like disappointed. Like, oh my god, it's telling me you have an F on the report card, sort of thing. Yeah, I think he wrote in and did the art. I mean, if not, fans will correct us. But yeah, I believe he did the yeah. writing and the artwork on it. Yeah, that's why it took a long time for them to make. But yeah, there were some clever ways that they were working around all the different iterations, I guess, of characters like Harley. I thought that was really cool what they did, where like there were two of them. And yeah. And then the one Harley. Oh, sorry, have you read the the book? Oh yeah, oh yeah, I've read the book. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, hold on, let me say this before we go any further. Fans that are listening right now that maybe have not read this book, but both of us are agreeing, fucking read it, and then flash forward a few seconds. So because we're probably, I think we're gonna spoil some stuff here. So just flash forward a few seconds here, like twenty seconds. Yeah, I'll, I'll be brief, but no, you're good. The the Harley bit where they basically like explain not explain but like they cover their tracks the one that behaves a certain way that you could like see like maybe the suicide squad harley and like and then you have the other one that could be the animated series harley and the way they just handled that was a very interesting and it worked with the joker psychology and like yeah crazy he is like yeah he wouldn't recognize that you know one stepped out and another one filled in he doesn't care 
My name is Andrew, and I am the host of a show called Rage Hunter. And on Rage Hunter, we cover the latest news and what's trending in the gaming industry with just a hint of some sarcasm and rage. You probably have this hole, you know, this void in your life that you don't know how to fill. Well, Rage Hunter is going to fill it. And the best part is we are everywhere. iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Play Store, Spotify, Podbean, Instagram, Twitter. So that way you can get as much rage in your life as possible. And some news while you're at it. So come check us out and be a part of the greatest gaming podcast in the universe. See you there. There was a continuation of it. One of the continuations was a one shot. And it was of Mr. Freeze in that Batman universe. In the Batman White Knight universe. It broke my heart, DJ. It broke. It was one single issue. I think it was a little bit extra long. It just it shattered my heart because it was it was it was Mister Freeze. But here's yeah. the thing: it was in World War II with Nazis. That's his origin, and it's like, what? <laughs> with, with his dad, with a little bit of meeting Nora, like and all that stuff. Like the Nazis were involved, and it's like, oh. <gasps> Is he like a kid in that or something? He's a, I think he's a teenager if I remember correctly. It's been a oh, while, but oh, if I remember correctly, yeah, he was a teenager in it, and then like he kind of grew up and, oh, that's so good. And then the like Batman's not in it till the end. Okay, but oh, that's cool. I, I definitely have to finish the White Knight and yeah, jump on that. Yes, because it takes place. Um, no, they actually, it's just part of the universe. So you could read, you could read that, and then go back to the White Knight. It's just part of the universe. I would say those are the most recent comics that I've read, but mm. I mean, in the past, yeah, definitely. Uh, read, mostly read a lot of Batman stuff, read Hellboy. Ooh. Uh, See, that's some good choices right there, man. And uh, let's see. And then a, a bunch of manga. Um, Very nice. That's, that's what, like, I think originally. Well, that it was that. It was manga and some of the 90s comics like battle chasers it was like i've uh, heard that name in such a long time man oh my god <laughs> oh my god battle Ch- oh. yeah like i never read the full series i just you know back in the day just go in the comic shop and you what you find is what there is and yeah just read like few of the issues and i think what captivated me was it was like i guess it probably like loops back around to uh, the love of video games and rpgs it was like a fantasy comic so that's probably where that why that clicked with me and then uh and then yeah and then manga's all over the place you know like there's just so many different stories there's no like definitive like yeah you have shonen and but like within that, you have so many different subjects. Uh, Being an uh, having a lot of artist friends, I'm gonna be honest with you though, DJ. So many people have been inspired in in VFX and film and everything like that. In film and comics, so many artists are inspired to do what they are do and where they're at now because of manga. I'm not even kidding you. So many American artists. I got. I'll say American because some people who are other others other stuff, but mostly American artists I know. Manga is such a huge part of it. it, it yeah, I, I totally get it. Like, it, I mean, 
I feel like it would probably be the opposite if you went to Japan. Japan. <laughs> yeah, they're like, yeah. we don't like this shit. Like, this is garbage. <laughs> this is gay cartoons. Meanwhile, in America, we're like, yes. <laughs> that might be a little bit of an exaggeration. It, oh, one hundred percent is an exaggeration. Yeah. But yeah, it's like being a but, kaiju fan is the same way with that. Like, because I'm like, most yeah, people, it's more Americans are bigger fans. We are more than the people in Japan, but still. But yeah, it's it's really cool. Like, I mean, once you start looking outward, like, I mean, I think it hit everyone pretty hard once, like, the doors opened to that and, like, people yeah. got access to it more. Like, I I mean, I remember, like, I, what, what was I watching? Like, I as a kid, I'd watch, like, He-Man, Thundercats, and uh, what else? I'd be, like, G.I. Joe and, and, and Transformers at the, if, if you're talking about He-Man. <laughs> Transformers definitely. G.I. Yeah. Joe, I never really got into Super Lost. I, I don't know if I had access to it, but the Transformers for sure, He Man, Thundercats, um, and then a bunch of like the 90s shows, I guess, like Gargoyles and. The classics um, is what you're saying? Sorry? The classics is what you're saying here? Like, it's all sure, classics. Yeah. It's not to make you feel old, DJ, but a lot of them are just now considered classics. <laughs> like, animation wonders. Yeah. That's okay. I, yeah. I feel, uh, <laughs> yeah. I think that's probably a good label for them. Uh, yeah. Oh. Oh. Ninja Turtles. I mean, yeah. Same. Same generation. Yeah. Um. But then, yeah. Like I remember. I think the first two, anime. I think Dragon Ball Z was the first one. I think Sailor Moon and Dragon Ball Z were the ones that sort of came out at the same time. No wonder you are where you're at, man. You you watch so much good content, and you're just like so much inspiring content, and read so much good shit. No wonder you're doing this. No wonder you are where you are now. It yeah, makes sense. You know, I, I probably have like the same story that every person in this business has, like where oh, you're the kid that draws. You know, like everyone's like, oh, you're a good artist. You know, like growing up, and uh, I guess we're just more receptive to that stuff, and we continue seeing the uh, the wonder of it and like we're, we're, we continue to appreciate it maybe in a yeah. way that other people don't it's true it, it is true because you know it's easier for an artist to show off their work I mean while writers like as a builder I, I have a little bit of leeway but as a right. writer I'm like oh here's my work and like, oh okay come back to us when it's published or when it's done or when it's made in a movie Oh, okay. <laughs> like, oh, we're, we're like, oh. That must be difficult. Oh, you have no idea. <laughs> oh, oh, it's no one. I like. I get a couple people to read my scripts for like proofreading and be like, "Hey, here you go," but don't yeah. say anything about this on social media, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. But you know, most of the time, like family and friends are just saying, "Hey, when it's out there, let me know," and then I'll then I'll watch it or read it or something like that. Like, okay, it's a really good story though. Like, ah, we'll right. wait till then. Oh. <laughs> like, yeah. I I guess so. I guess that must be the, that's the way that people would have to consume your work unless they pick up the script. Yeah. Yep. It was, it was basically that. And it's why in theater I didn't ever wrote anything. I don't know. I, sh- I should have when I was in high school, but I built all the sets in theater. And I'm just like, that's awesome. Let me tell you, man, Night of the Living Dead, the musical, the biggest pain in the ass set I've ever built in my life. It's a two-story thing, and to be able to do two, uh, make it a two-story set in a high school stage, there's so many rules and regulations at the time. 
Because I'm a little bit, I'm like, I'm 23, but this is years ago now, like six, seven years ago, I think. And six, seven years ago, they were so uptight about it. And so it just turned into this whole big thing of like, this. there needs to be 10 more nails added to this. All right. But if I didn't do that, people are like, oh, you're not an artist. I'm like, okay. I'm not an artist artist, but I, I work in the arts and I create. No, you just, you just put words on paper. That's what I grew up with. <laughs> Man, that's rough. That's rough because like, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. Oof. But you know what though is uh, the guidance counselor who always made fun of me, saying like, as I told, I was gonna work in film and then maybe be a, and well, not maybe, but I'd be a comic book writer one day. I hope she eats her heart out, as <laughs> I really do. Yeah. Like aha. I made it happen. Yeah, it's true. It's Something true. I'd like to spin back at you with that comic question. What you got? What are you reading? What have you read recently? And oh. It's uh, well before quarantine. I'll give before quarantine because right now I'm currently I'm kind of in your boat where it's catch up. I've been I had this big pile because I've been doing so much. <laughs> I was doing so much work beforehand, and now I'm doing catch up and able to do it. Um, you better praise yourself, sir, because this is a question that people ask me all the time, and I'm like, well, everything because I read I read Spawn. Like I bought a Spawn volume, an older one, so I can read re- uh, some of the older stuff. Uh, I read Spawn, Hellboy every now and then, Batman, a lot of DC and Marvel, but Spider-Man, Daredevil, every now and then Avengers for Marvel. Do you read more Marvel or DC? Uh, more DC, I think. More DC? Yeah. Well, it depends on the story and the character. It really does, because I, uh, the current ones I always read is Flash, Batman, Superman, Action Comics, and Justice League for DC. And I think it's probably about five if I think about it for a little bit longer for Marvel. But, and then there's a couple image books. There was one I was reading for a while, but they canceled it. Was, uh, well, they ended it. They didn't really cancel it. was Paper Girls. That was such a good book. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. I've, I've heard the name. I haven't read it. It's, you would actually, I, DJ, I would think you'd, if you're a big fan of like, it's a mixture of sci-fi <laughs> and going back to the, uh, the 90s, I want to say, 80s, 90s. And, like, it uses Apple as stuff and, like, time travel and all those sort of things going on here. It's And the artwork in it is – I'm not, it's not trying to be a mean thing to the artist because the artwork is so good. It's Hellboy-esque. Yeah. Whoop. Can you hear me? I was wondering how long Skype would go. It said you had one hour and you used it. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, but, like uh, – um, Yeah, you were saying about Paper Girls. Yeah, like, yeah, the artwork – that's what really caught my eye. Yeah. I was like, wow, this stuff looks really good. Yeah, it's I read so many books, dude. It's uh it's it's probably kind of bad. <laughs> it's kinda of, but I do read Green Lantern, but I've not been a fan of the recent shit. But uh but yeah, like there's so much I read and I read a little bit of champions. Uh do I I read a lot of uh, this is gonna sound bad. But a lot of indie stuff I read is well, one of them currently I've been reading, I've been trying to catch play catch up on a saga. That's been oh, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a really good one I read, and I read all the volumes of it. It's actually going to turn into an HBO show whenever this turns over. Is a DMZ. I've heard of DMZ. Oh I, my god! Yeah. It hits you so hard. It. The artwork is uh, there's I think six different artists on it all in total, but the t- there's like twelve trade paperbacks. It hits you so hard in the feelings. Brian, uh, such a good actor, or an actor, uh, writer, Brian Wood is. And the feelings, the emotions, and feeling guilty a little bit 
in your life, and it just, it's a war book. It is a war book, but okay. it's a war book in Manhattan. Oh, interesting. Oh, it's so good. DJ, you've opened up a pothole, sir. <laughs> you've opened up a, like I said, people always ask, like, what do you read? Because people want to know, as a writer for comics and podcast yeah. hosts, people want to know. And it's like, well, do you have 20 minutes? Because I read a lot of shit. <laughs> All right, let's fine tune it. What's, uh, what are your favorites? Depends what's going on. I read Batman, too. I do read a lot of Batman. Mmm... I think right now my current favorites at the moment of what I'm catching up on in the past month. I think I'm on the past month right now. Uh, well, before they shut down, was it? What well, is Daredevil? Because that made me cry the other day. And then Flash. And I think probably Spider Man. And a little bit of uh, a little bit of Batman every now and then. Dependent, actually, Batman, Batman too. I've been really intrigued by that. <laughs> I can't say no. Batman has been really good. <laughs> I know. I it's so, dude. You you've opened up a pothole, DJ. You fool. <laughs> all right, all right. But yeah, no. That's as much. I think those ones right there. I'll I'll cap it at that. I will cap it at that. Those ones are my favorites. I'm currently reading. That's all like the current runs. Yeah, current runs right now that I'm currently reading, but. Saga's pretty good too. That one is just—it's just getting trade paperbacks. Right. Yeah. 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 But yeah, have you um have you read Gotham? We're we're over an hour, so we're gonna wrap this up here really quickly. But I want as a Batman reader, have you read a series? And it slipped under the fucking radar of so many people. Gotham Central. Ooh, no, I haven't. I I know the series that you speak of. I remember when I was getting into uh, the Batman comics. I was just like, because there's so much, right? Like, oh yeah, <laughs> from like when the character is created to to right now, there's I, I have no idea how many issues there are, but there's a lot. It's like well over a thousand. It's right? he's now 80 years old, DJ. Just keep that yeah. in mind. <laughs> exactly. So uh, I remember I was looking at all the collected volumes, and I was sort of like picking and choosing which ones I would read and which ones I wouldn't. Um, but yeah, I remember Gotham Central. It seemed like, a, in retrospect, it's like an interesting premise. It's like focusing on the police force, right? Yeah, it's what we thought the Gotham TV show was going to be when we heard oh. the premise. Like, oh, commission's going to follow Commissioner Gordon and the police. Yeah, it's all about the police in Gotham. Right. And Batman's not just starting out. He is like, it's, I'd say, given ideal five, ten years in the Batman already being there. Gotcha. And so there's so many villains. Like, uh, the second trade paperback, Joker goes on like a sniping spree. Mm. And it's all that stuff. And you see villains in there. You see heroes all throughout it. You, uh, Renee Montoya's in it. I don't even think Commissioner Gordon's a big part of it. Because it's it's detectives and the patrol cops. Right. No, that's an interesting angle because you don't really see that explored that much. It's always like sidelined. So yeah. I see how that one could be really good. Yeah, like there was a piece in there that really hooked me, and it doesn't. If this doesn't hook you, it's kind of dark. It is a dark book. I'm gonna not. I'm gonna tell you for sure. It is not lighthearted in the slightest. Like okay. Gotham is never lighthearted. So still, is there was a scene in there? I think volume one, and sort of spoiler, sort of not. It really doesn't tell that much. Is that there are coppers sitting there, and they're like, "Wait, what's wrong? What's like, well, what's going on with whoever?" Oh, uh, his buddy is his partner was frozen and shattered by Mister Freeze yesterday. 
And he's just trying to cope on how to handle with that. It's like, <gasps> that's true. And he's dealing with PTSD. Right. And they're like, they're going to give him like a month off. <laughs> and they're like, really? but we need him. You want to tell him to come back in the work tomorrow? I, oh, God. <laughs> this is yeah. pretty real. It's true. Like, that's kind of rough. And it, and you want to keep reading it. You're like, oh, God, this is madness. Let me right. turn the page. Yeah. <laughs> Let me see that's what's going on here. That's an interesting angle. Yeah. Because, like, Batman is almost supernatural. Yeah, like, they never see like, him. They never, they barely see Batman. And, like, he can handle these people because, like, he's, like, on the brink of, like, not being a normal human. Like, he's not a normal human. No. Uh, no. So he can handle that. But, like, these other guys, like, these guys and girls that are on the police force, like, that are just like you and me, and they have to, like, handle Mr. Freeze, like, uh, that's pretty horrific. <laughs> right? And I, after reading it, I was like, wow, what if I go to D.C. and try pitching? I even thought up a stupid name for it. Metropolis is finest. Because, like, what if we see the Metropolis version of this? Because they're dealing with aliens and monsters and all this sort of stuff in there. And, like, Superman and dealing with that. Metropolis PD has got to be really hating themselves. <laughs> What's interesting, though, about that one is, like, I've never, I've always, like, thought they were better off. Like, I could see them being, like, my interpretation, at least, is just, like, they're just really happy. They've got this, like, god in their city. and No, you would think. Yeah. You would. Um, I want to I wanna tell you, though, though, man, they've recently explored this in Superman books. Uh-huh. They Because one of his good friends now uh, is... The police chief, or not the police chief, the firefighter chief. Mm-hmm. And she even came out there, like, they were talking about it, and they said, how do you think it feels to be us as a firefighter in Metropolis, Superman? You're all flying around, you're doing so much good for us, yeah, but we're fighting monsters and aliens and sci-fi-style threats that no other city, not even Gotham, can handle. And how do you think it feels to be us fighting this stuff every day? And to see you just come in and just wash them all up like it's nothing. And then us still dealing with the aftermath of this. I, that's oh, the, really true. The aftermath, the aftermath is real. Yeah. Like, how do you true. deal with that? Like, like even in the Man of Steel movie, I would move from Metropolis. And I'm a big Aliens fan. I would be like, nope, it's over. <laughs> it's done. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, let's get real. Uh, no one in their right mind would live in Gotham or Metropolis. No, I'm moving to Central City because it's always lighthearted over there. <laughs> it really is. They got a... Huh? Even still, even still though. It's, it's true. They got a lot of super-powered any, people, but you never go to a bank. City, any city with a superhero, I'm out of there. <laughs> you're so screwed because every city's got one. You're like, I'm just going to go live in the countryside. <laughs> it's over. Yeah, I'm done. Basically, like that's the safest place. Right. right. Well, man, we are actually at the end of the show here. This is the longest one's been for a while, and I don't like. I don't want to keep too much more. I think, yeah, we're in the same time zone, but I don't want to take too much more of it. Uh, do you have any social media where people can follow you at, DJ? Oh boy, uh oh. <laughs> I, I I think the only place that I exist, and oh boy, what an existence! I, I need to step up my uh, social media internet game, but I'm is only Tinder on Instagram right now? Oh. <laughs> They're on one. Never mind. Um, Instagram. So what's the Instagram handle, good man? Yeah, it's just uh, it's just my name. It's just DJ, and then my last name Z U T K O V I C. That's me on Instagram. That's Very it. Nice. I had someone joke around. They said, I don't use social media, but you can find me on Tinder. I'm like, oh god, don't even put that out there. I'm gonna edit that out because you're so screwed. <laughs> oh boy. 
Yeah, I'm not going to name the name of that person, but they, uh, yeah, they're like, can you actually edit that out? I'm like, yes, I am already. Don't, don't worry. Uh, but yeah, okay, so definitely, man. DJ, this has been a blast having you on here, actually. Awesome, man. No, it was good chatting with you. Yeah, and you know, of course, like I told Matthew, you guys are welcome back anytime if you want to come on. If you guys want to give like any helpful hints on stuff, or not helpful hints, but like any inspiring stuff to artists out there who want to be storyboard artists, although this episode was full of knowledge, to say the least. Hopefully. <laughs> oh, yeah. You, it, some, it, some, some takeaways. I would, if, in an hour and 11 minutes, minus the ads I got to put in, and if you don't get shit from this, I can't help you. <laughs> I cannot. I'm sorry. We, t- <laughs> we talked about a lot, but yeah, man. Yeah, like. Definitely, thank you for coming on, for doing this, and taking the time out of the day to just come on the show and to shoot the shit for a little bit. Oh, yeah, man. I appreciate you for having me, and uh, yeah, good luck with your work, man. Good you luck too. with the comic and the live-action work. You, you guys are working on, uh, is it a Batman thing? Is that one of the things that you guys worked on recently? That I've worked on currently? No. No? No, 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 no. Not me currently. Cause I wish I could okay. do a Batman thing, no. Uh, okay. Oh God! I wish. If you know something I don't, DJ, and you just spoiled an email coming my way here really soon, oh. I, I, I have no. I just want to make it clear: I do not work at DC. But if you know something, and if you heard something down the pipeline, I'm gonna cry. Okay. But fair enough. Well, yeah, man. Um, to everyone out there that's listening, thank you guys for tuning in. As always, subscribe if you want. You know the yada 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 stuff I said in the beginning of the intro. And in the final words, stay classy, fellow artists.